Hey everyone, I hope you're doing well. Welcome back to a brand new edition of the Ariel Hawani Show. It is Thursday, January 27, 2022. Thank you very much to my good friends, the lovely Feathers, for this great intro. And thank you very much to all of you for coming back and checking us out. And thank you very much to today's guest, the one and only, the omnipresent Mario Lopez. Mario Lopez is everywhere these days. This man has more jobs than me. He's all over the place, whether it's, uh, you know, reprising his role as A.C. Slater on the Saved by the Bell reboot, whether it's his work with Access Hollywood, Access Daily, whether it's his Lifetime holiday movies, all that and more. This guy's everywhere, and he's a huge fight fan. He's a massive boxing fan. He's a big-time MMA fan. He was in attendance front row at USC 270. He has uh, been training for a very long time. Uh, the guy loves his combat sports, and I respect that very much about him. So uh, I was very excited to talk to Mario about his love of fighting and also his great career and the return of Saved by the Bell and A.C. Slater and being a child actor. All that and more coming up in a second on this here show. Before we get to my conversation with Mario Lopez, a quick word from a couple of our very, very good sponsors this week. Of course, you know about ExpressVPN. I've talked to you about them already. They are great people who are offering a great service. If you've been listening to me for quite some time, you know how active I am on social media. And I can't tell you how many times over the years I've seen some really prominent people get their accounts hacked. I mean, it's happened to Selena Gomez, Paul Pierce, even my dear old friend, Chael P. Sonnen. Look, it can happen to stars like them. Just imagine how easy it would be for them to hack you. That's why I use ExpressVPN to safeguard my personal data online. According to recent reports, hackers can make up to $1,000 from selling someone's personal information on the dark web, making people like me and you easy, lucrative targets. ExpressVPN is an app that funnels your data through a secure encrypted tunnel so that no matter what device you use, you can have peace of mind every time you use the internet. The app connects with just one click, is lightning fast, and the best part is ExpressVPN works on up to five devices simultaneously so you and your whole family can stay protected. And if you visit expressvpn.com slash Helwani right now, you can arm yourself with an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Again, that's expressvpn.com slash Helwani. I also want to tell you about my good friends over at BetterHelp. I love these guys and I love the service that they offer. As you know, mental health very important for me. I want you all to feel better mentally, physically, spiritually. I want you to uh, get help if you need it. And if you think you need some help, then I want you to visit my URL at betterhelp.com slash AHS. Why? Because BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. They'll connect you in a safe and private online environment and you can start communicating in under 48 hours. With BetterHelp, you can send a message to your counselor anytime. You can receive timely and thoughtful responses. And if money is tight, BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is also available. Best of all, Anything and everything you share is confidential. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash AHS. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health today. Again, that's betterhelp.com, H-E-L-P.com slash AHS. All right. Thank you very much to both ExpressVPN and BetterHelp. Please support them because they support us. Now time for my conversation with the one and only Mario Lopez. Enjoy. Enjoy. 
oh man, uh, I'm obviously a longtime fan, a longtime admirer. I'm, I'm an admirer of your work ethic, my friend. Holy smokes. And I want to get to what you did this past weekend. But could you tell me, because I, I want it, I usually like to say like, he does this, he does that, she does this. How many jobs, because everyone says I have too many jobs. How many jobs do you actually have right now? Could you count them? So, okay. Um, I do my nationally syndicated radio show for iHeart On With Mario in yes. the morning. And then I go do um, my show Access Daily, which is uh, like my daytime sort of version of like Ellen, Regis and Kelly, what have you. Okay, that's number two. And then I, I do Access Hollywood. That could Access Daily comes out during the day at noon on NBC. Then Access Hollywood comes out 7 p.m. on NBC and that's all entertainment news. So then I do that. Um, and then I just finished the last season of Say by the Bell for Peacock, right? So that's four shows in one day. And then um, I just finished two holiday movies. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then um, I'm producing a bunch of other stuff and not to mention coaching my kids wrestling team and doing all the other stuff on the side. So very blessed to be as busy as I am and a lot of other stuff that uh, boxing uh, just podcasts kind of as well. You dabble in. I mean, you're, right. you know, the boxing podcast too, yes, right? My, my podcast, yes. Three knockdown rule, which is fun because I'm, I'm I'm passionate about combat sports and I do that with my buddy Steve Kim and we uh, just sort of have fun and piggyback on one of the um, uh, radio days. And uh, it's a lot of fun just because I'm already sort of immersed in that world. And, and uh, to me, those are the most noble and, and greatest athletes. And I feel the purest form of sport going one-on-one. And I've always been, had a great deal of admiration and respect for anybody who steps in the ring or the octagon. Um, and I, I don't feel anything else compares in the sports world. And, and, and I mean that both from an athlete's perspective and also from a um, spectator's perspective, because I've been to Super Bowls, World Series and all this, and nothing is like the electricity and the tension of that. That's like Caesar's Palace back in the day. Right. And as, as I know, you know, um, so to me, it's, it's, as, uh, it's as good as it gets. You ever have moments, ever have days where you're like, I don't want to put on makeup. I don't want to do my hair. I don't want to be on camera. I don't want to talk anymore. And yet you have to, how do you get over those days? Well, I mean, I, I do, most of my stuff is a lot of hosting and I do act and, you know, and I'm singing and dancing, doing a bunch of all this stuff at the same time. But I love being a host because I think that's who you are naturally as a person, at least good hosts I find are they're They're naturally good listeners. They're, they're inquisitive. They like people. They like to entertain. I like hosting, whether it's a national TV show or, having like um, a fight party at my house or game night. I want to make sure everyone's having a good time. I want to entertain everyone. I want them to have a cocktail in their hand. And and I like to just kind of, uh, uh, you know, work the room and have fun. So I have that same sort of approach and attitude on my radio show, on my TV show. So I enjoy, I enjoy what I'm doing. Yeah, there's times that I'm tired and stuff, but I don't ever take it uh, uh, take it for granted, especially being a former um, child actor and knowing how tough it is to transition into an right. adult and being taken seriously. So, cause I know, as, as I'm sure, you know, a lot of, uh, horror stories out there where it didn't go so well. Uh, speaking of, uh, working the room, I saw you working the room at UFC 270 Anaheim Honda center this past weekend. You were there front and center, even in the back with Brandon Moreno, right? You went back to see him after the yeah. fight. Yeah. Brandon, I love that kid. He, uh, well, he grew up, you know, first generation, uh, uh, Mexican. Can my uh, my parents are from uh, Mexico too, and he, I grew up in Chula Vista, which is the border town to Tijuana, where he's from. So I literally get to see Tijuana from my 
from my yard growing up. Right. And uh, very proud of, of him being the first uh, Mexican board world champion in the UFC. And he's such a humble, great guy. And that was an incredible fight. And, and um, uh, very, very close, obviously. And, and I know there's talks of it going round four. And I think he's just a you know class act both uh, in the octagon and outside of it. What about that pop, that that reaction from the crowd? This is a flyweight. Flyweights haven't always been the most popular guys on the roster. Yeah. I was blown away by how the crowd in Anaheim reacted to him. What, I, I wasn't in attendance on Saturday. You were. How loud was yeah. it? It was loud and a lot of raza there, meaning there was yes. a lot of Latinos there, which I loved it. <laughs> so, you know, we, we come out strong and, and uh, they, uh, it was nice to see that and to see the passion and them getting behind um, Moreno. And, and we've always been sort of loyal people and we're big, big fight fans, I think, in general and very passionate and knowledgeable about it. And uh, we, he's our kind of champ because he works hard. He, he's a humble guy. Um, we, we're, you know, most of the, the, Mexican people really don't like loud, braggadocious kind of guys. They like their champs to, to be humble and modest and, um, and uh, hard workers, and he represents all that. How old were you when you were first introduced to combat sports? Do you remember? I was a kid because um, my grandfather fought in Mexico and um, big boxing guy and, and my dad. Like, we didn't grow up really watching too many um, – baseball games or football games too much we i grew memories of my dad and i my grandfather were, were around the tv watching fights and so i was little five six yeah and did you train as as the, i know you 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 wrestled in 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 school but like did they take you to the local gym to train in boxing and stuff like that or did you do that when you were older i did well i grew up um wrestling on my uncle's um wrestled and uh i did start to train in boxing but then once i started getting into um, the entertainment industry at about nine, 10 years old, they're like, okay, maybe you shouldn't get punched in the face right here. Uh, so then I took a little break. And so I'd still kind of train a little bit, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't spar as much. And then I just continued wrestling and not until I did a show called the other half with Dick Clark. And I was working in Hollywood. Um, and that was around nine, that was 1999, 2000. Did I start getting into boxing again more just because it happened to be um, right next to uh, Wildcard Boxing Club, Why, which I happen to have a teacher on today. Yes. Just coincidentally. Yes. For Freddie Rose. And so he's been a friend of mine for a long, long time. Damn, over 20 years now. And I started going there. Um, then I, I just kind of always needed that outlet. You know, I just I always say like I train more for sanity than vanity. And and uh, um, I've always been, uh, like, like I said, uh, uh, partial to uh combat sports and specifically individual sports. Cause growing up, I couldn't really do anything else. Um, I had to quit football. I had to quit baseball because, because when you're acting and you're, you're um, in the entertainment industry, you never know when an audition might call and you never know what might pop up because the schedule is so fluid and you're not in control of it. And that wasn't really fair to your other teammates. However, on the wrestling, all you had to do was beat out the guy in your weight class. And if you didn't make practice and you didn't, as long as you beat out the guy in your weight class, you can represent your team. So I was like that. Plus, I always kind of like the idea of not having the the burden of having my success rely on someone else. Right, right. I wanted it to be all me. If I lost, I wanted it to be because of me. But if I won, I wanted it to be because of me. <laughs> so I like that. And in life, there is no team sport. So that's why I'm, again, a big fan of the sport all the way around. Did you ever feel like, you know, now it's become a little more of a thing like the celebrity fights and all that. Did anyone ever approach you back in the day? The late, great uh, Dustin Diamond uh, dabbled in that world as well. Your old friend Screech. Right. Anyone ever come to you with a, a celebrity boxing, MMA, something, wrestling match, offer? <clears throat> they, you know, because I had done, um, at Freddy's, he has smokers, 
were these three round fights. I'm sure you know what they are. Yeah. And I fought in about 10 of them um, with Freddie Respond. The last thing they want to do is lose to some Hollywood kid, right? So I always got everybody's yeah. best, but it was fun. So I liked it. And so, you know, I was used to competing. It was fun. And, and um, yeah, I'd always be uh, open to it if there was some sort of charity. I did actually a couple of charity fights. Um, it wasn't big. It wasn't like a big to do. And it wasn't like how they have a lot of the events now on, yeah. on Triller and before like Jake Paul started coming into it and sort of raising the profile for these other celebs to start fighting and stuff. So, you know, if, if it was for charity and like the right opponent, but with my contract with NBC, I know it'd be sort of frowned upon. So it'd have to be, <laughs> it'd have to be like the right opponent and make a lot of sense for the right charity. But I'm always game. I love to, uh, I love to kind of push myself and compete. What do you like better right now? MMA or boxing? What are you more into? I love them both. I love them both. I really do. You know, growing up as a former wrestler, I love that um, MMA has now given the opportunity for these guys to make a lot of money and, and to have some sort of career outside of college wrestling. But because before there was no really lucrative path. And as you know, a lot of these fighters now have strong wrestling backgrounds and a lot of these champions have strong wrestling backgrounds. So I'm sort of proud to, to, to be able to see that. Um, but because I grew up with boxing and, and it's um, uh, been such a big part of my life and, and uh, uh, know a lot of the, the, the players involved for years, I'll always, I'll always love it. But I really do um, uh, love them both. And uh, if I can't attend uh, the events on a particular Saturday, then my, my remote is working overtime, switching back and forth. <laughs> I read recently, and I, I'd love if you can explain me what this sort of signifies and symbolizes to you. The National Wrestling Hall of Fame announced recently that you will be honored as the organization's outstanding American in 2022. What does that mean? That's a big honor, and I'm, I'm incredibly humbled and, and, and proud of that. And I'm looking forward to taking uh, my boys to that. And uh, it'll be in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And, and like I said, I grew up wrestling, and, and um, it was a big part of my life. And I always am proud to promote the sport and raise the awareness level because I think it's, it's so important to mold these young men. And not only teaches you, of course, physical toughness, but a lot of mental toughness and fortitude and, and discipline and, and focus. And um, I feel... Uh, a lot of, of traits that could apply in life and um, confidence being the most uh, probably most important. And um, I love everything that, uh, that the sport offers. So if I can continue to, to, to spread the word and the gospel, if you will, I, I, I will. So I grew up a, a big pro wrestling fan and I don't yeah, think, I, I don't think. Me too. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and, and yeah. you, wasn't there like a, a story at some point recently that WWE was interested in bringing you in for something, whatever yes, happened with that? And they're doing stuff at Peacock right here. We're still trying to figure it out. It's funny. Cause I grew up like you big, big fan. And then, um, and then, you know, I got, I got a little older, I got a little busy. I took about a 20 year, 25 year hiatus. Yeah. Then I had kids and they got into it yeah. and now I got back into it with them. And so now I'm, I'm living vicariously through them and uh, it's great. And all the people at WWE are, 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 are fantastic. And coincidentally, a uh, old friend of mine, Nick Khan, who I met over a wild card and used to represent Freddie is now um, the man in charge over there Aside from yep. Vince and, and uh, Stephanie McMahon, they're all great. They're a great organization. It's so much fun. They're so great to my family and I, and we have such a, a fun time. We've been to, I think, the last five WrestleManias and SummerSlams. So uh, it's kind of neat to see uh, my kids there. But I hope we figure it out quick because I'm no kid. Yeah. <laughs> it's Would you ever want to be in an angle, like to actually have a storyline leading up to a match? 
Yeah, that'd be awesome just for my kids because my yes. kids die. <laughs> they would die. But I'm like, yeah, we got to figure that out. We better figure it out quick because uh, I don't know if my body will be able to take it. It would make too much longer. So as you know, when you're a kid, you're watching wrestling, you're watching pro wrestling, you think that's wrestling. I don't think it's hyperbole to say that for me at least, AC Slater as a character was the one that introduced me to high school wrestling. It wasn't a thing on my school. We didn't have yeah. a team. I went to a small school in Canada. And you kind of represented that, I think, for a lot of kids my age. I'm 39, so you know, I grew up watching Saved by the Bell, Saturday mornings, all that stuff. Do you get that from a lot of people? You wearing the singlet. Like, this was all very foreign. I thought wrestling yeah. was Hulk Hogan. You yeah. made it real and kind of put a face to the sport. Do you, do, you, do you agree with that statement, and do you hear that from other people? Well, thanks, uh, Ariel. Yeah, I, I've heard that uh, a few times. Here's the funny thing. When that role was being cast, it was just supposed to be like this sort of streetwise Italian kid, kind of like Vinny Barbarino um, from Welcome Back, Cotter. But then, so I ended up booking it. And then when I got it, they said, okay, write down all the list of activities and hobbies that you like to do. And um, being this former inner city kid. My mom used to, my dad put me in a bunch of activities to keep me busy and out of trouble. So I was like the only wrestling, karate, theater, dancing, singing kid that, <laughs> excuse me, that I knew. Cause every day I had a activity and, and it worked cause I was hyper and it didn't, I didn't have time to get uh, in trouble cause I was too busy. So I wrote all that down and they're like, damn, you do a lot of stuff. And so they incorporated that into the character. He wasn't supposed to be a wrestler. They made him a wrestler because I was a wrestler. Wow. He wasn't supposed to play the drums. He played the drums because I played the drums. He wasn't supposed to like do all this stuff. And it, they incorporated that because that's they wanted it to be sort of similar to me. So he wasn't supposed to be a wrestler. I just because I happen to wrestle, they made it, they made it into the storyline. So it wasn't like that was the character. Uh so because that character was so big and so synonymous, I mean, like people, you know, for the longest time I would imagine they would just call you AC Slater. Um, was there a point in your life where you hated? That character where you were like, I want to, I don't want to be typecast. I don't want to be called this guy. I don't want to be associated with this guy. I want to be known as something else. The host, you know, the actor, things like that. Did you, did you have that period in your life ever? Never did I feel um, embarrassed or ashamed of what I did or wanted to be necessarily um, known for something else outside of um, the profession, I, I guess within the industry, I wanted to be able to prove myself and do other things to be able to transition out of that role. But now, 35 years later, I'm flattered if people still call me that because that means I haven't aged too poorly and they still recognize me. Right. And I'm producing the new version. So now I really want them to recognize me from that because so far so good. It's been received um, well with uh, uh, strong reviews and I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. But, um, you know, again, uh, the, the transitions have always been um, a sort of hard. So that's why there is no real rules in the, in the industry. So I've, I've always sort of had a hustler mentality. Maybe it's being an immigrant's kid, but um, I, I've always still tried to, if I'm not, if I'm not uh, acting, then I'm hosting. If I'm not doing that, then I'm, I'm dancing or I'm doing a radio. So I've always tried to sort of have a lot of stokes or different irons in the fires to, to, to try to have different opportunities that could potentially um, present themselves. Or if not, I can create these opportunities. Why, why didn't you fall into the same traps as so many other, you know, childhood actors? Why didn't it affect you the same way? Well, I mean, I'd like to think that um, I've always had a strong work ethic and discipline, and I owe that all to my parents. Uh, you know, they, they've been married now 50 years, and, and again, they're, you know, I think that's that immigrant mentality, strong work ethic they try to instill, and, and uh, there are no shortcuts, and they, they kind of kick my ass, I think, if I kind of stepped out of line, and I didn't want to let them down. And I didn't want to burden them with having to take care of them. I mean, I grew up with a blue collar family. My dad, 
you know, came here and he worked for the city. My mom worked for the phone company. So, you know, very blue collar, regular folks. And, and I wanted to try to work. And when I got, I kind of, I, well, I was one of those kids. I wanted to get into the entertainment industry. I just sort of fell into it. Once I fell into it. I fell in love with it. And then once I fell in love with it, I, re- I realized, you know what, maybe I can kind of help my parents out and they don't, I don't have to rely on them so much and, and um, ease uh, their burden a little bit. Could you even possibly put into words like what's like being a teenager on a show like that on NBC, uh, looking the way you look with, you know, your abs and those dimples and all that stuff? What is that like? Like how many girlfriends did you have in your teenage years? I can't even imagine what life was like for you as you were this massive star and this heartthrob for all these girls all over the world. What was it like? Could you even put it into words? Um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of fun. <laughs> I always tell my wife. I said, "Listen, honey, you. I'm, first of all, I'm glad I met you when I did, and I'm glad. I mean, I started really young, really young, <laughs> to, uh, and I had a nice run, a nice healthy uh, run. <laughs> and I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. And you know, and I don't regret it because I think that helped me sort of." Um, be a lot more settled and at peace of where I am now, because mm-hmm. after a while, believe it or not, it does sort of become redundant and you do start longing for other things and you grow and you mature. And, and now there's nothing more um, that I look forward to than coming home to my family and being there with my wife and kids and, and the three dogs and the whole deal, you know, and it's um, domesticated and, and I wouldn't want it any other way, but from about 15 to 38 Damn. <laughs> it was uh, 30 yeah 37 maybe 38 it was um it was a good time Ariel. i'll just leave it at that <laughs> you say 15 true or false what's what's what happened on the 13th birthday is that true come on is that yeah i mean that, that, that was uh that that's was, the stuff yeah. of legends right there yeah I, I i you know when you grow up in certain neighborhoods you start um come on start, you I start mean, uh, maturing 13? and then i was wrestling right so i was like I had like little muscles as 13, so I was a little older and I had a lot of older cousins. And then when you grow up in Tijuana, all the bars right next door are 18. You can drink 18. I'm sure in Canada, you can drink a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. It was 18 and up, all the bars. And people started going down there like at 15, really, which is now crazy when yeah. I have a, I'm thinking because I have three kids right. and I can't even think my daughter going down. But that was, you know, it's a different time. And so you'd go and down. And I used to own a bar in Tijuana. So you can oh, imagine wow. I was 19 years old, part owner in a bar in Tijuana. Um, and it was basically all like a lot of American kids right there too. And it was wild too. We'll be there, Man. get a fights. We did. It was so st- worst investment I ever made. <laughs> we haven't made for some good stories later on. Now that I look back at it. <laughs> yeah. I was playing with wrestling toys at 13. That, that was pretty much like the closest I was getting to anything. And you're freaking. I, I used to have those too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the rubber ones, the rubber ones. The rubber ones the yeah. Deal, yeah. They were tremendous. Uh, honestly, on the show, you, you and, and John Paul Gossler, Zach Morris, did, were you guys buds? I always felt like there was some tension there, but there was like a rivalry there. Were you guys friends? Oh, cool. You now Mark Paul too, by the way. And um, Mark, Paul, Mark Paul, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's all right. Um, no, we got along well. He, he was a much more reserved guy, a little quiet. And um, I was a little, a uh, little more hyper, a little more outgoing and like to have fun and uh, maybe a little bit rowdier. So, uh, but no, we got along real, really well. And even now he's, a, he's still always, and we'll do, we'll do jujitsu together. He's really into jujitsu too. So wow. he'll come train with me and stuff. And I posted some pics and stuff. So yeah, no, we got, we've always got along real well. I got along with everybody real well. And, and you and Kelly Kapowski, that was a real thing behind the scenes. Um, 
Yeah, Tiffany. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> look at me marking out. I like to call them by their stage names. Hey, that's all right. Oh, she, <laughs> uh, she was, uh, and I'm not like telling tall tales because I've talked about it. Oh, no, no, this is great. I think I was like 18, 19. But of course, I messed that up because I was a young teenager and an idiot. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, she was my girlfriend for a while. What is it like now? Th- like 30, you don't get to walk back into the same house 30 years after you moved out. You don't get to, you know, there's not a lot of reunions and stuff like that. To relive all of this now as a dad, as a husband, accomplished, you're more mature. To go back into this Saved by the Bell role and world is it kind of like initially like an out-of-body experience? I would imagine it's somewhat surreal to go back to all of this. Well, obviously, I never thought I'd revisit this again. And I had been approached a few times. And then when we did a reunion a couple of years back on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, and we all sort of kind of played our characters, and, and it, it uh, the ratings were like through the roof, and it got a really strong reaction. And I said, you know, because my deal over here at NBC, I said, maybe we can revisit it. And Reboot started becoming a thing. Yeah excuse me, a thing again. And I said, but it's got to be done right. I don't know. I don't want to revisit it. If it's going to, if it's going to be, uh, it's going to be bad. And then I saw Cobra Kai and then I mm. said, okay, if we do it like that, I said, then it, uh, it could, uh, it, it could work. And if we can have someone who was maybe a fan of the show, but obviously very knowledgeable, um, and can have a clever sort of twist to it, then, then, then let's, uh, let's explore that. And we were so lucky to find Tracy Whitfield who's just that a big fan of the show, young, super smart, real talented. And she had done 30 rock and then the Kaling show and a bunch of stuff and uh, a multiple Emmy winner. So we were, we were blessed to have her. And then um, we partnered up and uh, yeah, rest is history. As you know, the nineties different than now people are different, different interests. Like we're maybe more cynical. That show was perfect for Saturday mornings for, you know, teens and all that stuff. Is there any part of you that's actually surprised at how well it has been received? Like, has this exceeded your expectations? Because it really does get great reviews and people are into it. There's some nostalgia, but it like works for 2022. Has this, obviously you wanted it to do well. You thought it was going to do well. If not, you're not going to waste your time. But is it possible it's actually exceeded your expectations? Absolutely exceeded my expectations. I had no idea because the audience is fickle. You never know and what you think might work or is kind of funny. It isn't necessarily the case. Um, with the way it's going to be received. And, and I was, I was pleasantly surprised and look, I'm, I'm not, uh, <laughs> I'm not an idiot. Cause I, I realized the, the, the first installment we have to remember was a um, Saturday morning show. So it was literally for little kids mm-hmm. and um, it wasn't even a teen show. It was for little, little kids. So it was very juvenile and vanilla and soft. So we had to be very creative on how we were going to be able to give its modern take. And now um for the reasons I mentioned before with Tracy Whitfield, that I thought they did a good job, but I am, yeah, shocked that it kind of got received the way it has been so far. As we talked about before, you have so many jobs. I, I, I've heard you talk about um, Dick Clark being somewhat of a mentor to you and, and an inspiration, the guy who kind of gave you the, the confidence to go out and be this America's host that you have become, and you've done such a great job with that. Is there anything left that you haven't done that you really want to do, man, that, that gig, that platform, that show was something that you have, cause you've done a lot. And I think yeah. most people would be content, but is there anything else? One, two things. I mean, I, I am content. I, I do feel very uh, grateful and, and blessed and, and I want to keep doing what I'm doing, but um, I would love to continue to um, um, do more um, things in the producing space Um I'll be at TVs and movies and um, I'm pretty got my hands full with hosting. I'm even guest hosting uh, Ellen yes. on Thursday. 
that's going to be my 42nd appearance. I've been on that show more than anyone, believe it or not. So, um, and now she's, um, I'm hosting like on a regular basis, which is a lot of fun. Um, and I, I'd love to continue to do that and get more of my family um, in on the act as far as, cause my kids, and I never wanted to push them or encourage them or discourage them one way or the other. But like my wife, I met on Broadway, she's wildly talented. So fortunately they got a lot of her traits and uh, they're sort of kind of leaning towards that direction and i want to uh sort of be supportive that's what they want to do uh i've seen your videos your 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 kids especially the two older ones they seem wildly talented um great oh, dancers and performers and they, i mean they obviously have the genes from their parents um does it worry you at all like if it was up to you would you rather them not go down this route or are you comfortable with them following in your footsteps your wife's footsteps and going into entertainment it's a good question because um, it's incredibly uh, difficult and there's so many things that are out of your control, um, regardless of your talent and the work you put in. Um, however, and you're a parent and you know um, you can't really control what your kids' interests or passions are going to be. You just have to help guide them if that's what they want to do and support them. At least that's the way I feel. Accept them for who they are, love them, and then you just sort of guide it and support. So I'll do that and if lessons are going to be learned then they're going to be learning. Some of them are going to be hard and that's going to be okay too. Um, you're, I mean, I don't know how many hours you spend in front of a microphone a day, but often it's a live microphone and you know, these are tough times and there have been times where you have been scrutinized for things that you have said. Do you feel that pressure in this day and age, the cancel culture and all that stuff that you got, you have to be really on your P's and Q's. You have to be almost too, and that, that could affect your performance as well when you're overthinking things and you don't want to offend. And, and, and most of this, I mean, 99.9% .9 of the stuff that you are doing is, you know, down that fairway, but do you feel that pressure ever of, you know, being too PC because you don't want to ruffle any feathers? Um, I don't necessarily feel pressure, but I am cognizant and aware, and it is unfortunate that sometimes you can't have a particular opinion if it doesn't align with maybe a certain school of thought. Otherwise, you could be labeled this or that. But for the most part, I don't ever talk politics. I don't ever talk um, religion. I sort of have the attitude of, look, I'm in the people business. I don't want to alienate anyone, and I don't want anyone to have the opportunity to say, hey, I don't like that guy. Let me change the channel. I want everybody to watch me. I don't want to give anyone an excuse to, to, to turn off the TV. So I'm going to stay in my lane. <laughs> I'm going to talk about uh, entertainment, you know, sports and what have you. And if asked uh, on certain subjects, then I politely decline. But look, I don't think it's any secret that um, I have put my, you know, uh, I am a man of faith and, and, and uh, I am about um, my family hard work. Um, I try to work hard, stay focused and do the right thing. And I hope the right things happen for, for me and my family and my friends. Do you have any regrets from your career? I have a lot of regrets just in my life and certain choices that I've made. Sometimes, you know, you grow up, you do your knucklehead and you do some silly things, but I think I've done a pretty good job of learning from those mistakes and trying to be better. Right. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of things I wish I could do over, but, um, uh, I, I think uh, at the same time, I've, I've, I've uh, done a pretty good job of learning from uh, that That period a year ago or so when we're all having to stay at home, quarantine, you're a very active guy, you're used to going to work, you're used to working out and all that. Uh, mentally for you, I can imagine maybe difficult at the beginning. How did you cope with it? One week. That's the only thing I had off. One week when everybody was like, around really? I didn't know what happened. Then I started shooting the show from my house. 
And then I never miss a day of work after that. As a matter of fact, awesome. I was busier these last two years of pandemics. I did two holiday movies on top of four shows, on top of all the other stuff. And um, I was going to fights in the bubble. I was doing, I was still training. I was still going out to wild card. I was still doing jujitsu. I was still doing, you know what I mean? I made sure my kid, my kid got really solid in wrestling. And so we, I was all, I didn't want, I chose not to, to, I was being careful, but I didn't want to live in fear and, and, and panic. And I used that time to kind of just buckle down and um, focus on the things that I wanted to focus on and get better at. I had time to kind of straighten out the house and stuff, but work-wise, I ironically was busier than ever. Wow. Okay. And and one of those things you did uh, that you just alluded to were the Triller fights. You're you're the host of those events. Uh, Ryan Kavanaugh, their owner, he's an interesting cat, and he likes to ruffle some feathers. How do you uh, how do you feel about what Triller is doing right now? And uh, do you continue? Like, are you going to keep doing them? They've got another one coming up in February, the Triad Combat again. Are you going to keep doing those shows? Yeah, you know, they, I, unfortunately, I, I haven't been able time wise to to kind of do those, and so. My buddy Nick Cannon has been doing those. Uh, yeah, he the last one, yeah. Yeah, he, as the last one. But uh, yeah, I've known uh, Ryan for a while, and he's uh, he's an entertainment guy. He came from the entertainment world. He was a movie producer, and he's segued into that. Um, and so, look, I'm all about raising, again, the profile and the awareness level of just combat sports. And I get asked about, uh, what do I think about um, uh, Jake Paul and, and uh, uh, his sort of foray into this? I think it's great. I love circuses. I love events. <laughs> I love that people are getting in there. People are talking about it and it's on Sports Center and it's on this. I, th- I, th- I think it's great. I do not want to, and I am a purist at the same time, but I'm not one to sort of dismiss. I respect anyone that steps in there. And for example, that kid's put in a lot of hard work and he's been and he's been uh, uh, training really hard. And so anybody that steps in there, I have a great deal of respect for. Um, and whether it's uh, uh, Triller, UFC, Bellator, any of these uh, companies that want to get out there and, and uh, promote combat sports, um, I'm all for it. Favorite fighter of all time? Well, boxer, I mean, it's sort of, uh, it's hard because there's so many, right? But obviously I'm partial to like Julio Cesar Chavez because my family's from Culiacan, uh, Sinaloa, the same place he's from. And I met him and know him and he's just an awesome guy and legendary. Um, the poster in my office is a big one of him and Taylor when they fought in 1990. Mm-hmm. Not two seconds left. Um, I mean, there's so many. Tyson, Sugar Ray Leonard, all guys that I'm now chumming with and that are friends. It's sort of neat when you grow up having these sort of childhood heroes, then you become friendly with them and they're just as nice. It makes it even cool. So, you know, guys like that, Leonard, Tyson, him, Duran, love all those guys. MMA too, love me some uh, GSP and, and 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 Khabib and all the grapplers, of course, a lot of them. Um, you know, and Kane Velasquez, obviously very proud of in this modern day. There's like I, the fighters I've found as opposed to because I do interview a lot of athletes when it does sort of intersect in the world of entertainment. And I've always found the fighters are the most humble um, when they're not out there doing their shtick and stuff. They because they don't have anything to prove and and um, they uh, uh, there's the uh, colorful characters fascinating backgrounds. Um, and that's why there's so many great movies about these fighters, right? Any of the sports, mm-hmm. think about it from Rocky, Raging Bull, Cinderella, man, hurricane, the fight, it goes on and on. All the Academy Awards are all about these boxers and these fighters as opposed to any other sport. And that's because I think, again, the individual aspect of it, but they come from such colorful backgrounds and such compelling stories. Uh, last thing, I'll I'll leave you with this, and I appreciate the time very much. I know you're incredibly busy. Uh, it's a conversation is fun. I wish we could keep going. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. I appreciate it. Um, if that kid back in Chula Vista, way back in the day, who wasn't growing up with a lot and could see Tijuana from the board, if 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 someone would have told him that your life would have turned out this way, would he have believed that person, or is this just beyond your wildest dreams? Like, could you not have even 
scripted this life that you have, you know, led for the last 30 something years? No, I didn't. Uh, to be honest, I don't, uh, it's not like I thought this far ahead. My whole intent was to, again, was to kind of try to make enough money to maybe um, pay for college and not have to burden my parents. That was my, my goal, right? And then ironically, I never ended up going to college, <laughs> but I ended up, but I ended up so, so they didn't have to worry about that, but I ended up um, being busy enough to where now, you know, thank God, I, um, things have been going pretty well. So no is the answer, but I remain very grateful and I don't take for granted at all. I appreciate that. I respect that very much. I respect your work ethic just incredibly. It's it's an amazing thing to see you doing all these things. I love the fact that you're a fight fan, that you go in there, that you train, that you support the MMA fighters as well, not just the boxers. So thank you so much. Yeah. Continued success to you and your family, to your children, to your wife. Uh, it's great that you, you, know, you showcase your kids on your social media and you're so proud of them. That comes off as well. I'm sorry about the Chargers. It was a tough oh. end to the season. But See, I, was as, I was enjoying this time. I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, I'm a Bills fan, and I'm still in mourning over this Sunday. I'm over you on that one too. I, yeah. I feel you on that. I want a squid kick. They should have that squid kick. I agree. Listen, Listen. Ten o'clock. That was so. Thirteen seconds, Mario. Thirteen seconds. I'm never going to forget there. that for the rest of my I'm life. Out. You're the man. All the best to you, Bye. and uh, thank you so much for the time. You too. Thank you. God bless. All right, so that was really fun. This guy's got 100 jobs. He is super busy. I mean, I don't know how he fits it all in, but he gets it done, and he does it with style. Uh, much respect to him. I appreciate him very much. I appreciate him coming on the show. I appreciate his time, and I wish him nothing but the best. So check out Mario on all his different platforms. Check out the Save by the Bell reboot on Peacock. It's actually not bad. It really isn't. I enjoy it. And I loved the show growing up as well. So uh, it was fun to talk a little fighting with him and a little career as well. Uh, all the best to the one and only Mario Lopez, a.k.a. AC Slater. Thank you very much to all of you for your continued support. Thanks for continuing to download, rate, review, subscribe, follow, all those things and more. It means a lot more than you know. Loving doing this show and talking to different people from different walks of life each and every week. And uh, loving having people like ExpressVPN and BetterHelp on board I appreciate them very much, and I hope you support them because they support us. Check out all our interviews on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Ariel Hawani. I appreciate you guys going there as well. And I'll be back next week with a brand new interview. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you then. Take care.